Hello lovelies and welcome to another episode of Primed for Crime. I am your host Liv and I'm very excited to have you here and hope you enjoy today's case. Now today's case is a case that I think about often. There's a lot of wrongdoing in this case and it really is one of those that could have been prevented and it really could and obviously don't want to say too much but I really do feel for Matrice and her family. Um, so this case takes place in 2009 when Matrice Richardson got arrested at a Malibu restaurant and it seemed as though she was having some problems with her mental health. However, the sheriff deputies didn't seem to have any regard for her well-being. They released her from jail in the middle of the night and Matrice seemed to vanish into the mountains family fought for answers and they wouldn't stop until somebody was held accountable. Now before we get into the case I just want to state that everything I talk about today is just information I have found online and I mean no disrespect to anybody involved or mentioned. So let's begin. This is the unsolved death of Maitrice Richardson. Matrice Richardson was born on the 30th of April 1985 to her parents Latisse Sutton and Michael Richardson in Covina, California. Now Michael and Latisse divorced when Matrice was still young, however Latisse went on to marry a man named Larry Sutton, which was Matrice's stepdad. Now when Matrice was still young, her dad Michael spent time in prison, but when he got out, he turned his life around and excelled his career in the healthcare industry. So although Michael didn't play a huge kind of role in raising Matrice, their relationship started to get closer as she got older. So Matrice was often described as smart, thoughtful, kind and very, very pretty. She was the type of person that people gravitated towards um, and everybody wanted to be her friend. So she graduated in 2008 from California State University at Fullerton with a BA in psychology and at this point she was living in South LA with her great-grandmother Mildred and Matrice started interning at the office of Rhonda Hampton, who was a clinical psychologist and a family friend. On top of this, she was also working as a dancer at a local nightclub and competing in beauty pageants and modelling. Near the end of 2009, Matrice started showing signs that something was wrong. She had recently broken up with her girlfriend, Tessa Moon, They had actually been together for two years, which would have obviously been upsetting. However, Matrice also suffered from bipolar disorder. Now, it's not clear when she was diagnosed, but up until this point, it seemed to be under control. So this is when her mum, Latisse, started getting weird text messages from Matrice and also noticed that she was posting unusual stuff on her social media. For example, in one of her last Facebook posts, she wrote, quote, I just want to sleep, lol. But you know me and my crazy ideas. Let's see where they take me. End quote. So her mum was obviously concerned about her daughter and tried to reach out to her to see if she was okay, offer some help, but Matrice just wouldn't answer the phone. 
On Wednesday the 16th, 2009, Maitrice decided to drive from her great-grandma's house in South LA to Malibu, which is roughly 40 miles away along multiple twisting cliffside roads. Now, once she'd reached Malibu, she pulled into the car park of the restaurant Jeffrey's, got out and approached the valet. Almost immediately, the valet noticed that something was up with Matrice. She was acting quite manic and talking about, quote, avenging the death of Michael Jackson, end quote. Now, this guy just thought she might have been a little bit eccentric, so got into a car and went to park it. However, when he returned, he found Matrice in his car going through his glove box. He asked if she was okay and to please get out of his car, which she did, and then she decided to walk into the restaurant. Now, when Maitrice got into the restaurant, she walked up to some random table and just kind of sat down with them. And she was making bizarre statements like that she was from Mars. But these other people on the table just kind of played along, you know, it wasn't threatening to them. They entertained it. So Matrice ordered a steak and an ocean breeze cocktail, but when her $89 bill arrived, she was unable to pay. Now, I'm not entirely sure if she refused to pay or she didn't have means to pay. However, we do know that her purse was in her car. So if it was there and, you know, she could have just got, you know, gone and got it. But we don't know. But yeah, she wasn't able to pay. So the restaurant asked Maitrice if there was anybody they could call to pay for her meal and the only number that she could remember was her great-grandma Mildred's number. So they called Mildred and she did offer to pay, however the restaurant needed a faxed signature and Mildred didn't have a fax machine. So at this point, the restaurant is kind of out of options. They tried to be as accommodating as they can, but this meal still hasn't been paid for. So the manager at Jeffrey's calls the police. The LA Times said that he did this because, quote, he was worried about her welfare. He reasoned she would be safer in custody than out on her own, end quote. Now, just keep that little sentence in mind. So the police were called and this is when things get a bit messy, if you want. And, you know, I'm usually not one to bash the police. However, this particular case and these particular events that follow just really show how badly the police handled everything. So at around 9pm, three police officers were dispatched to the restaurant and they were all with the knowledge that, or well, or the impression that Matrice was drunk or on drugs. So when they arrived, they breathalyzed her and did a field sobriety test, which she passed. However, they ended up arresting her on charges of, quote, defrauding an innkeeper and possession of marijuana. They literally found less than an ounce in her car. So when I first read this, my first question was, why did they not take her for a psychiatric evaluation? You know, she's not on drugs, she's not drunk, etc. But she's acting in a way that is concerning. Then surely something has to be wrong. They should be looking out for her welfare. But no, it seems that arresting her seems like an easier option. 
So they impounded her car along with all of her personal belongings like her phone, her purse, credit cards, all locked in her car and the officers drove her to the Malibu Lost Hills Sheriff Station which was roughly about a 20 minute drive north of Malibu and they booked her in at 11pm. So whilst in custody, Maitrice made four phone calls according to the station logbook and she told the officers that they were to her great-grandma. However, the calls weren't recorded due to faulty recording equipment and also another strange thing is that her great-grandma insisted that she never got any calls from Maitrice that night and her phone company shows no record of those calls. Now her mother found out what had happened and called the station She asked them if they were planning on keeping her in overnight or if they were going to release her because if they were going to release her then she would come and pick her up as she wasn't familiar with the area and didn't want her, you know, getting lost. You know, after all, it is the middle of the night and the station is an hour's drive from her home. But the police officer said to Latisse multiple times that they would keep her in custody and release her in the morning. So with Latrice assured that her daughter was okay and safe, she said goodnight and hung up the phone at 12.30am. However, just five minutes after this call had finished, they released Maitrice from their custody. They told her to sleep in the lobby and wait for her mum to arrive in the morning. But let's not forget, Maitrice wasn't in the best state of mind, so it didn't matter what the police told her to do. She was free to go, and that's exactly what she did. Now, the security footage that shows her being discharged and leaving the station, and just an FYI, I will get into it a bit later, this footage went missing for months before eventually being found. So... It's the middle of the night, Maitrice has been released from the Lost Hills station, which is in the middle of nowhere. And don't forget, all of her personal belongings are in her car, including her phone, her purse. She didn't even have a jacket. She then began walking the way they had originally drove um, to the station, towards the Santa Monica Mountains. And this isn't just a simple stroll down the road. This is treacherous, especially in the dark. It would have taken someone six hours to walk the 16 miles through the mountains back to Malibu. And that is, of course, if A, it was light outside, B, they knew where they were going and C, had the right equipment. So not the conditions Matrice would have had or experienced. It's not known where Matrice was planning on going that night, but she never reached her destination. The next morning at 5.35am, Latisse called up the station to ask about picking Matrice up. And this was when she was told that she had been released and had already left. Now, Latisse is understandably upset, especially since though they had lied to her, they said that they would keep her in. So she asked if she could file a missing persons report, which is reasonable, yeah. Well, wrong. She was told that she would have to wait 24 hours. And this, this just absolutely infuriates me. Not only because that is absolute bollocks, 
but my Therese is a vulnerable person, not of sound mind, and she doesn't know the area, she's got no belongings with her, and she was just released in the middle of the night and left to fend for herself, you know, that is not okay. However, some promising information came to light. Now, a former reporter for the KTLA News named Bill Smith called the police to report a woman wandering around his backyard in the early hours of that morning, possibly around 6.30am. Now, Bill's home is about six miles west of this Lost Hills station, and it's located at the bottom of Dark Canyon in a gated community. He described this woman as a, quote, slim black woman with afro hair, end quote, and he said that he called out the window to see if she was okay, but this woman just responded with, quote, just resting, end quote. But by the time Bill got out there to investigate, the woman had disappeared back into the darkness of the mountains. So, like I said earlier, the sheriff's department definitely fucked up, especially with the investigation to try and find Matrice. And I think it became very clear very quickly that they just didn't care. They waited a whole two days before they went to Bill Smith's home. And get this, they even found footmarks in his garden from shoes not familiar to Bill. But they didn't examine these further. They did, however, search her car, which they had taken, and they found her personal items, including a diary. And they looked at her last entry, and it was found that she likely hadn't slept for five nights, which would have absolutely contributed to her unusual and manic behaviour. You know, when you don't get too much sleep like that, especially five days, your mind's bound to be not in the right headspace. So at this point, Latisse was desperately calling the sheriff's department, trying to file a missing persons report, and this case was eventually transferred to the LAPD due to having better resources, but it was located an hour away from where Matrice actually went missing. So this is when the family were told there would be a huge two-day search for Matrice starting on the Saturday, September 19th, which was three days after Matrice went missing. They were promised the search would be massive with helicopters, search dogs, everything they had available would be thrown into this search for Matrice. However, when the 19th came, there were only four deputies looking through the neighbourhoods in the area, and that was it. The search ended before dark and was meant to resume the next day, and surprise, surprise, it didn't. So honestly, at this point, it just seemed like a massive knock to the teeth to the Matrice, uh, to Matrice's family. You know, she'd been missing for three days. The police had no information. They just don't seem to be taking it seriously. And her family are becoming increasingly convinced that the police just didn't care. They weren't interested in finding her, but they don't understand why. So due to this mistrust with the police, the family decided to do it themselves. They started making their own flyers, handing them out, posting them up, doing searches themselves, trying to get anything to get some information or find Matrice. By this time, the sheriff's department started to maybe realise how Matrice's disappearance could 
make them look bad. So they frantically started trying to defend their conduct on the night that she went missing. They made multiple statements trying to justify her arrest at the restaurant, but insisted that she seemed completely okay when they released her. With Steve Whitmore, an LA County Sheriff's Department spokesman, saying, quote, she was lucid, she didn't exhibit any mental problems, end quote. However, her mum, Latrice, called bullshit. She did not believe a single word they said. I mean, let's not forget the whole reason the police were called in the first place was because the manager at the restaurant thought that something was wrong. You know, there was multiple witnesses who could back this up as well. So why would the police carry out a field sobriety test if there was nothing wrong? They clearly had to notice something was odd. And over time, the department's excuses just evolved. Firstly, they said that the jail was too full, but this was later proven to be not true. Secondly, they said they had no reason to keep her in, even though they told her mum they would not be releasing her till the morning. And lastly, it was said that they, quote, are not a babysitting service, end quote, which is just absolutely unbelievable. Now, let's take a closer look into the sheriff's department. So, to start with, Sheriff Backer was the LA County Sheriff from 1998 to 2014. And it is very safe to say that he is definitely not a good cop. He's actually known to be part of multiple scandals, including lying to the FBI about abuse of inmates. He ended up serving a three-year sentence in February 2020 in a low-security prison in Texas for his role in obstructing this inquiry. And then there's Paul Tanaka, who was second in command at the LASD, and he was sentenced to five years in prison for obstructing the same investigation. It's also known that he has ties to a white supremacist gang, the Linwood Vikings, so they really do sound lovely, don't they? So Sheriff Backer was never interested in Matrice's case and didn't want anything to do with her or her family, constantly dodged requests for more information, but despite the lying, despite the gaslighting, he insisted that his department had never done anything wrong. So obviously frustrated with this investigation, um, if you can even call it that, let's say a lack of investigation, uh, Matrice's family were just at a loose end. They needed answers. They needed to find Matrice. You know, enough is enough at this point. So this is when Michael, Matrice's dad, decided to take things into his own hands and contact the mayor of Malibu, Andy Stern, demanding that something needed to be done. Now, Andy Stern told him that he was on the way to a meeting and did not have time to talk. Annoying. So, what Michael does next is genius, but on the other hand, very sad that he had to go to this sort of length to get somebody's attention about his missing daughter. So, Andy Stern was also a real estate person whose properties went for millions of dollars, so Michael decided to call him on his real estate business number and when Andy picked up, Michael told him that he was a famous footballer who wanted to buy one of his properties. Andy's ears pricked up. Ooh, a famous footballer. 
He cancelled his meeting and went straight away to meet him. So when Michael showed up and was obviously not a uh, famous footballer, Andy realised and was mortified, mostly because a story like this would be very bad press for him, you know, especially as the mayor. But in November 2009, the city of Malibu granted a $15,000 reward for anybody with information regarding Mitrice's disappearance and whereabouts. Um, and the likelihood of this happening without Michael's efforts is very, very slim. Eventually, on January 10th, a search was finally carried out and the search um, her family had been hoping for, you know, for months. And it was actually one of the most extensive searches for a missing person ever carried out by the LASD. So the search included 336 trained searchers combing through 18 square miles of trails, canyons and ridges, both on foot and horseback. There was also dogs that accompanied them along with helicopters that picked up searchers and took them to areas that were harder to reach. Now this search didn't show up any evidence, nothing was found, but it gave Michael and the rest of his family hope that Mitrice was still out there somewhere. After the search Michael said quote, the beautiful thing about today is that they didn't find a cadaver, end quote. So, do you remember when I mentioned about the security footage of Mitrice at the station? Well, the footage that mysteriously went missing, well, the family continually asked for this, um, but as you can imagine, their requests for this were ignored. In fact, they were repeatedly lied to for months, to the extent that they didn't even know if this tape existed or not. Then magically, in March 2010, this tape appears from the chief's desk drawer and the family is invited to view it. Now when the family sit down and watch it, it was very clear that parts of it had been edited out. Uh, that's red flag number one. Secondly, Latisse could tell instantly that Matrice wasn't well at all. She was acting strange. She seemed distressed, acting manic, you know, in the footage from inside her cell, it showed um, Latrice grabbing at the door, swinging back and forth, pulling at her hair. So in Latrice's mind, it's becoming more and more evident that Matrice was really suffering that night and she wasn't okay at all. This is when Latrice decided to file a negligence and wrongful death lawsuit against the LA County and Sheriff's Department officials with the main reason that she wanted the right to demand information, saying, quote, This magical lawsuit will allow me to obtain every single document in the hands of the LAPD and to dispose every officer and detective involved, end quote. On August 9th, 2010, became the day that everybody had dreaded for almost 11 months. At around 1pm, park rangers were patrolling through the mountains um, of Dark Canyon in a search for illegal marijuana grow operations, which wasn't an unknown thing because of the remoteness this happened. And bear in mind, these places weren't easy to get to. There were no trails, so it meant that you'd have to climb up or scale steep rock faces and going through the undergrowth. So it was very, very remote. 
Now, this area that was being searched was about eight miles from the Lost Hills Sheriff Station and two miles from Bill Smith's house, where that girl was sitting in the garden, uh, well, assumes that it was Matrice. So as they were making their way through a ravine, they came across something that stopped them in their tracks. They had found a human skull. The park rangers called it in at 1.30pm and the deputies arrived around 3pm. They needed to wait for a helicopter to take them down into the ravine. Then a few hours later at 5pm, a team of seven people from the coroner's office arrived, you know, thinking they were going to go and photograph the remains, inspect the site, establish a crime scene, you know, all the normal standard protocol. However, you will be shocked to know that well, at this point in this case, probably not, but the sheriff's department completely fucked it up. The detectives were airlifted to the remains, not the coroners, they stayed behind. In fact, I don't even think the coroners were ever airlifted down. I don't think they ever even saw the location or the possible crime scene, which is completely not right. This, this should never, never have happened. Mitrice's family were notified that the remains found were likely those of Mitrice and they asked if they could come to the site, to the remains, but the deputy on the phone was so rude and dismissive, saying there was no point in coming. Uh, and I'm sorry, but I would have absolutely fucking lost it, completely lost it. So Latisse asked, um, you know, what the deputy was going to be doing, how are they going to be treating the site? Um, are they going to be treating it as a crime scene? And when would they be removing the remains? Now, the deputy said that they would um, secure the area and treat it as a crime scene and that the remains would be airlifted out in the morning as it was getting too dark to do it at that time. But did this happen? Um, well, I think you already know the answer to that. At 8pm that same evening, the deputies aimlessly gathered up the remains that they could see, wanged them into a helicopter and flew back to the station. And it's not a surprise, but a lot of the bones were missing. They obviously didn't look too carefully. In fact, the coroner's office was so shocked by these actions, insisting that, quote, he was very clear with the sheriff officials and could not think of another case in which a police agency had moved entire skeletal remains without coroner's approvals, end quote. On August 13th, Sheriff Backer made a statement announcing that the remains that had been found were that of Matrice Richardson. He said, quote, We have no indication of a homicide at this point. I don't believe that the remains are capable of telling us a story, end quote. He also said that they found only a skull and some bones, which was false. There was actually a large portion of mummified remains that were also found. Now, eventually, Latisse managed to get Backer to let her and a small group of close friends go to the scene where the remains were found. And whilst they were setting up this small memorial, um, shockingly, I mean, honestly, when I read this next bit, it made me feel so sad for this family. Um, so when they were up there doing the memorial, they actually found a finger bone. They found one of Matrice's finger bones, which 
really does show what a shitty job the police did. They couldn't even gather up all of her remains. Um, so, yeah, very sad. They, they did put a little memorial there. Um, there was a few of them, I think maybe four or five. I think there's a picture. Um, and they found a finger bone. So, we don't actually know what happened that night to Matrice, but there has been a lot of speculation. Now, obviously, the LASD has said that there was no foul play involved, um, but it's not surprising that many people discount this, especially with their track record of fucking with this case. Um, her clothes were recovered a bit further up the ravine, and they didn't show any signs of having been removed by animals, which would suggest that either Matrice removed them herself or somebody else did it. And also partway up the ravine was her femur bone, along with some other little bones. However, there was one bone that was never recovered, um, her hyoid bone, the small bone in your neck. Um, and this bone would have been broken if she was strangled, but yeah, uh, this was never recovered. Matrice's family and friends are convinced that her death was not an accident, and actually later, one LAPD detective said, quote, It sounds like someone abducted her, killed her, and at some point dumped her body, end quote. Which really does show, doesn't it? And, you know, to be honest, if you think about it, there is no way that Matrice could have hiked all that way on her own. You know, the fact that a helicopter was needed for detectives to get there is just... It's crazy. Um, and some also believe that due to her body being part mummified, she may have been buried somewhere else and dug up and dumped in the ravine later. In the official coroner's report, her cause of death was ruled undetermined. However, if the proper procedures had been carried out, they would have been able to make a more solid ruling. Latrice and Michael ended up filing a wrongful death lawsuit against the LASD, saying that Matrice should not have been released from jail that night because she was showing signs of mental instability. They actually won and were awarded $900,000 each that they split equally. In February 2016, California Attorney General Kamala Harris agreed to open an investigation into Matrice's death after receiving a heartfelt letter from Michael. However, after looking into the case for almost a year, the Attorney General Harris's office sent a letter to Michael telling him that they, would, uh, they found no evidence of wrongdoing in the handling of Matrice's case by the LASD um, and that they would be ending the inquiry which is terrible. But then there was another new lead slash hope when the new LA County Sheriff um, announced at a memorial service for Matrice in 2019 that he wanted to assess the whole case from the start with fresh sets of eyes, which is great news. Um, well, it would have been, but a few weeks later, after he had looked through the department's investigation, he um, saw, quote, no reason to rehash a case already subjected to investigations by the state attorney general's office, the Los Angeles County District Attorney's Office and the Sheriff Department's internal review, end quote. Which, again, is another kick in the teeth for this family. To me, it just seems like they were basing this decision off the report made by the previous sheriff, which was an absolute shit show. Um, but he did go over changes to the LASD to make sure that 
you know, some things that happened in Matrice's case wouldn't happen to anybody else. So now a missing person report for an adult can be filed straight away and they are now ensuring that phones, personal belongings are given back to people before they are released. And most importantly, he said that now anyone who presented with mental health problems would be evaluated before being released. And that does conclude today's case. So thank you very much for listening. Um, it really is a sad story. Um, I just cannot begin to fathom the absolute fuckery that this sheriff department's made. I can't understand why. Why were they not bothered about this young woman? You know, is it because she was black? Is it because she was a lesbian? Um it makes you wonder if they would have treated this case differently if she had been a white woman. And honestly, personally, I, I think it would have. It truly is so terrible, but this happens and it shouldn't. You know, and even if they didn't kill her directly, the department absolutely played a significant role in Matrice's death. Um, if they'd have been responsible, if they'd have kept her in custody like they should have, if they'd gotten her some help, waited for her mum to arrive... Would my Therese Richardson still be alive today? I just can't believe the absolute blatant disregard for her life and it really does upset me and I really do feel sorry for Matrice and her family. I can't imagine what they went through and what they're still going through. But that is all from me today. Hope you enjoyed listening and I will be back soon with another episode. Um, don't forget to go over to the Crime for oh god primed for crime tiktok and um, there's also an instagram and facebook page now as well as youtube um i do post i'm starting to post a bit more on facebook and instagram um a bit more about the cases and stuff like upcoming news um so definitely go and give that a check out and if you like this podcast please follow give it a good review it's always appreciated and yeah i will see you next time see you later